Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to another edition of the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, joined by my lovely, talented, and partner in crime, Miss Southern Shell. Rochelle, how are you doing today? Great, Malcolm. It's Friday. It's Friday. We made it through another week. Man, this yeah. week's been crazy, ain't it? I thought last week was bad. This week's been busy. Uh, we've got a lot. We've had a lot of stuff going on, man. It seems like, you know, we just cooked a contest last week. That's in my mind, that seems like forever ago. When I was and it was just Saturday. Down notes for the podcast, I was like, that was this weekend? It don't seem that like it, does it? Let's go ahead. Since we Let's brought, since I brought that up, you want to go ahead and talk about what we did last weekend? Sure. Or you got another, you got something else in mind? Uh, I've had Wagyu tri tip. On the front end. Ooh, let's talk about that in a minute. Okay. Well, That's too good. We need to give that more time. <laughs> for, well, first off, we're going to recap what we did on the weekend. So it was a double contest, a duel. And at least that's what I call them. And that's where um, you have two different contests going on at the same location. Friday night, um, we were out in Millington, Tennessee at the United States. Uh, what, what is it? The U.S. USA Ballpark. USA ballpark. Yeah, I, guess, I guess the USA baseball team practices there sometimes or something. Really? I was wondering. That's what it's for. It. Yeah, yeah, it's the Olympic. I guess the Olympic baseball team uses that facility sometimes. Not all the time. I don't know. That's, is there a whole – is there a USA baseball league? Like an – Not that I know of. I, I think it's just the Olympic team. But anyway, they had a barbecue there. And we. I think there was – 35 teams, 34, like 35 teams. The yeah. um, stakes had more than that. I don't know how many was in the stake field. It was a pretty strong field. Me and Waylon both signed up for it, but Michael had been having such good luck and he wanted to come barbecue with us. He was going to stay all night. And I said, I told him, son, you can, uh, you know, I'll let you cook the steak. You want to pick it out? Uh, you brought him when you got him out of school and brought him up there. And I'd already picked out our number. Luckily, I did pick number one. I mean, was he I'm not, excited about that? Oh, he said he told me he had, he told me he had a feeling I was going to pull number one. I don't know where he got that from. So I said, "What kind Can of feeling you, you got about this contest?" He said, "Oh, we're going to win." So <laughs> dang, he's confident. He's bad confident. So I let him pick the steaks out, and uh, the steaks. I will say this: they were subpar i mean everybody it was on a level playing field but man they were not good ribeyes it wasn't like the the typical sca ribeye i don't know where they came from but they dropped a ball on those steaks so it was a challenge and i was like well since i let him cook i really don't care you know yeah. <laughs> we're just gonna is what it is and so he picked out two decent steaks from i mean well one decent steak because we picked last yeah. on the second go and Did so, y'all turn in the number one? The, the yeah, the number one. two steak was rough. Yeah. I mean, by that point, they were, they all they looked like more like strips than than ribeyes. It was bad picking to begin with. It was bad picking to begin with. But we picked out. He picked out a decent steak, and he got you know got back to the trailer. And we got the fires going, and um, he tied it up, seasoned it up, did every did all of his little tricks to it. He likes to do. And me and Waylon watched him. He was like, "Man, what are you doing? <laughs> I want to see what all you use." He did the same thing that, that I did on the video, you know, it's just AP and hot rub and let it rest and then put some steak rub on it and, and run it. And his trick was just throw it on the grate, move it around a little bit. Throw it. <laughs> I was like, man, this is never going to work. It ain't going to have good marks. He, he wiggles but, it too much. Yeah, he moves it. He puts it down and moves it around. I'm like, man, that's going to screw it all up. Hey, work for him. He got third place. <laughs> I was, was like, fourth. no, it was, was it fourth? I thought it no, was it was third. He got third, third $400. Oh, yeah. I was, I was shocked. Sure. He almost got the uh, golden ticket pass down. You're really loud in your Well, I'm excited to talk about my son. 
I can tone it down. Let me tone down a little. But yeah, so we had a good, good steak cook. Waylon, man, ooh, he got slaughtered. Yeah, he got bad slaughtered. Um, he, some I didn't show up till Saturday, but somebody told me that. Uh, no, it was Jay Tennessee Mojo told me that Waylon had told Michael, "I bet you a hundred dollars that I'm gonna beat you this time." Yeah, and uh, he was confident after because Waylon watched him cook the steak too. Yeah. He said, I'm going to let Michael go first and see what he does, and then I'm going to turn mine in towards the back end. Well, so Waylon watched what he did. You know, he I timed Michael and helped him out, you know, and kind of – I did, like, check the internal and help him there <clears throat> when I thought it was, you know. I told him, you know, we'll look at it and see if – and I do the same thing with Waylon. I was like, let me, you know, let me check him, see where he Which, So he watched, and then Michael turned his in. Waylon cooked his, and I didn't, I didn't do anything for him. I was busy messing with Michael. He got his turned in. We took a picture of the ticket. He wants to cut up his other steak and try it. And I was like, you know, it's pretty good steak. I was like, it ain't bad. It's a little, little on the salty side, but I guess the judges like that salt. Yeah. And you know, sure enough, when it come awards time, they called him his ticket in third. And I was like, man, here he goes again. He's really got a big head now because he thinks he's got it figured out. And that's uh, that's the bad thing about these competitions, man. Just with, you know, you you get on a little hot streak, you get called a couple times and you're hooked. You, got it. you think yeah. you got it figured out and you're chasing it. It's like that it's like that junkie chasing that high. He's going to be chasing that for the rest of his life, hopefully. But uh I'd rather be addicted to that than anything else than video games. Yeah, well, he is addicted to the video games, but this keeps <laughs> All him kids are. off the video games <laughs> yeah. for a hot minute. Um so then we went into KCBS. Yeah. But somebody, t- Michael didn't take the bet with Waylon. It was a gentleman's bet. He took it. I was there. Oh, I heard. I was told that he did not take the bet because uh, he was afraid he didn't have $100 to lose, is what he said. Is that what he said? Well, at least yeah, he's he tight with his money. The bet and somebody told him, you, you need to take the bet because you're either going to win $100 or nothing because he's not going to make you give him $100. If he lost, he yeah. Least. Man. Well, it might have, though. He might have been so mad. <laughs> <laughs> Just put it on your tab. You got to, you got to pay that. <laughs> man, I don't know. The steak cook is tough, man. Just when you think you got it figured out, well, it's it humbles you. Little things. You know, like any little thing can throw you out of the top ten. You know? I think it's more luck than anything. Yeah. They're all good steaks. I mean, you don't screw it up. Wayland steak was good. For him, heck, I thought it was one of the better ones he's ever cooked. Yeah. But it was, I mean, I guess it was a little on the too flat i mean I, I told him i was like man you know just a pinch of salt they would you know hook it up and so i don't know if he put some on it before he put it in the box or not because we all i mean we don't the problem is a lot of times in, in those contests we don't try our second steak until after we've turned in and at that point it's too late you can't adjust anything on it so so we need to get in the habit of trying those steaks first i mean i, I hate to cook one like cook a test steak first and then turn around and cook another one. Some guys do that. They use it as a practice. I mean, kind of, yeah. they get one, they get their, their beef steak, their number two. They cook it first and they just let it sit and hold. And that way they've got something. If something was to go wrong with their first steak, they know they've got one. And then I'm guessing they try it before they turn it in. I mean, that's, that's really a good practice. I just, yeah, that is a good that's, process. I mean, to me, I just run them and gun them. <laughs> and then I guess that's why I hit some and lose some, but. I don't know. I got a weapon now. I'm going to let Michael just start cooking mine from now on. Sit back and watch, collect that money. <laughs> you got to ride it while it lasts. But then we went into KCBS cooking. And he so, spent the night in the trailer. Yeah. Park. So right after we finished steak turn in, 
Uh, it was time to start prepping our big meats. I mean, we had to get our butts out, get them injected up, seasoned up. Then we had to do Did the he brisket. Help with that at all? No, he was out running around with other kids at that point. They were, yeah. you know, doing kids stuff, hide and go seeking, and all that. Out of our way, luckily. <laughs> we yeah. put it on. We put it on baseball. <coughs> Excuse me. We put it on the baseball game and went to work and got everything situated. By ten o'clock, we were lighting the fire, bringing the grill up to temp, and then we all uh, uh, lay down. Took a little nap, got up about, I think it was one o'clock when we had our alarm set, put the meat on. Did and he wake up? At he, <laughs> I don't know how much he slept because he went to sleep pretty fast. Yeah. He was wore out, it'd been a long day. And then, uh, but it, before he went to sleep, we were setting alarms, and I guess he was setting alarms every time on his little phone he had with him. <laughs> and, and his alarm would go off when ours did, and he'd wake up. He never did get up. Yeah. But I asked him the next morning, I said, son, did you get in, did you get good sleep? Because he was on an air mattress in the floor. And he said, well, my alarm kept going off all night. And I said, well, why'd you send it? <laughs> I was like, I was going to wake you up in the morning and let you get to bed while we cleared everything out yeah. and, you know, did our stuff. And he's like, well, I wanted to cook. So, so yeah, he, 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 he made it. He's a trooper. And we didn't have any meltdowns. No, you know, mm-hmm. he did good. Unusual. He yeah. turned in, he turned in two of the entries. The what, 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 yeah, in. he turned in. He's turning chicken, turning chicken and, and brisket. brisket. And we got a second place brisket and a third place chicken. Yeah. Man, so we came in fourth overall, which is good. You know, that's a good top five finish, I mean, solid. Two calls. We got a little checks, you know. It's been a year since we cooked. No, it's been since September. That was our first one of the year. So it's usually you're a little rusty. But uh, we didn't miss a leg. But man, we got, I feel like we got shafted on ribs because our ribs were good. And yeah, we got a 159, were. which is way below our average. What, number, what place was that? Man, it was down in the 20s. Yeah. I think it was like 24, 25, something. overall. Yeah, yeah, it's on bottom fourth. I mean, a 159, that's horrible. I mean, they were giving out, you know, sevens and eights in appearance, and we never turn in anything like that, yeah. you know. I mean, usually, I expect all nines. I mean, I hate to say that, but, I mean, you know, that's it's easy to give a nine yeah. in appearance. If you know what you're doing, you right, should always get right. a nine in appearance. Well, we, got, we were getting killed. And then, so that cost us. We were, I mean, Our pork was 11th, just right out of the top 10, which that's okay. You can have one there. But if that rib would have been, you know, a good average for us, 172, we'd have won grand. We needed eight more points. And you know to to make up that difference, so we could have got them anyway. I mean, hey, it's water Everybody's, under the bridge now. Once you turn it in, it's all you can do. Everybody's got a story just like yeah. that. After every no, they do. Table, I'm blaming on table of death. <laughs> but it was a great contest, and we had a good weekend. Michael made it all weekend. Yeah, it was the a rain great held off. The weather uh, was beautiful it was, Saturday. Oh, it was an awesome spring day. Yeah. We got home early. I love it when they bump the awards up. Like we had the awards at what two thirty. Two thirty. Yeah, it was so nice. We were yeah. out of there by three thirty. I mean, we were gone. We were home by five. I mean, heck, you can't beat that. We Cook had two showers, contests. went to dinner. And yeah, it was, it was great. Good. I was back home by eight o'clock, ready to wind down. I went to bed early that night too. I was tired, but that was that was our cook. Cooked a good uh, wagyu wagyu brisket. I don't know yeah. how do you how do you? I mean, everybody get on me in the video. How you say wagyu? That's how I say it. Wagyu. Maybe it's wagyu. It's wagyu. Or, oh well, hey, you I say mean, tomato. I say tomato. I've been saying Wagyu. Wagyu, huh? Wagyu. Hey, man, I say Wagyu. Say it, Wagyu. I say it like I'm from Georgia. <laughs> so that Wagyu. It doesn't matter. It it's, don't matter to me. That's how I say it. It is. But anyway, a piece of meat. it was a brisket was phenomenal. Yeah. Was that man? It was. Well, where'd you get this? 
Where'd you get this? I got all, all my comp meat for this contest, except for the chicken, came from the butcher shop in Pensacola. I started ordering from Kevin. I He's guess kind of becoming the go-to guy. Two years ago meat. was when I first started, you know, hearing the buzz that his briskets were top-notch. And before that, we were cooking Snake River Farms. And, you know, you pay so much. Well, he was a little bit more reasonable. than I mean, they're still expensive now. You're still paying. You're messing up $150, $175 for a big brisket. I like to cook the big ones. You know, I want them 18 to 20. And they're, you know, you get what you pay for. But his, what's making them so good, I guess he's turning and burning so many that he can pull out. the if, If comp guys are calling, you're wanting them for a comp, he can pull them out and just about, you know, pick out a good one for you pretty much. You're not getting that at some of these other places anymore. Used to, they would pick, they would hand, they would select some, but not anymore. Yeah. So that's, I think that's why his briskets are above and beyond. He's making sure, cause he knows you, you know, you're trying to win some money with this thing. Yeah, he understands. If you're willing to spend that much money, yeah. cause he's, the rest of them he's selling in his shop. I mean, if somebody's cooking on the weekend, they want to buy a way good, you know, to impress their friends or yeah. who's got the money to do that. But if anyway, you're getting, if you're getting a way brisket, that didn't make the competition cut. It's still an amazing brisket. Oh yeah, it yeah. just it might not have you know the consistency in the flat or as much point to it or something. But he's he's he know him and he Jordan knows, his yeah. son know what to look for in the cryvac. And to me, it's I'd rather work with a butcher that you know knows what I want and knows that I'm gonna complain if I don't. I mean, and that's probably why he started doing it. It's not because he knew people had enough complaints or, you know, doing business. And I want, I want straight bone ribs. I want big money muscles. I want a flat that's consistent all the way across. I want it in this, in this, uh, you know, pound range. And that's what he's doing. He's getting you all that meat. So that's why I like, that's why I personally give him my business. And then I just lucked, lucked up. He said, Hey, you want to cook some, <laughs> some of these Wagyu track tips? And I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> well, the <laughs> well, last one I cooked. Um, he's, he was going to give it to you for free if you used it, gave him a yeah, shout yeah, out. Yeah, shout video. out the video. And yeah. I don't mind that at all. I mean, you know, if somewhere I'm getting something to spend money with him anyway, I'll give him a shout out. Heck yeah. But so he sent me some of those. He sent me some, uh, some, he asked me if I was cooking anything for Easter. And I said, well, you know, it's a good time to do some lamb or something like that. He said, oh, you ever tried rabbit? And I was like, no, I have not. <laughs> but so he sent me some rabbits and he sent me some lamb, uh, shoulder chops that, you know, they cut up. I hadn't, they're wrapped up in butcher paper. I don't know what they look like. I planned it. That's going to be, you know, you always talk about what I'm going to do next. I'm probably going to do since Easter's right, you know, next weekend. I might, I may try to do that lamb this week. Uh, vote. You're excited yes. about that? Yeah. He yeah. also sent like me to, some, um, he also fast. sent me some big, uh, Dino bones, you know, the big plate ribs. So I got those in the freezer too. And I'm going to cook those. I don't know when I'll get to that. I might have It'll to put, probably be first of May. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, yeah. That, that would be a good time to do it. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, cause we got the beefer guys video. Yeah. The album. release. We, yeah. that was a fun man. Those guys came out and we recorded that. Okay. You had, have you started editing yet? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm getting too excited. <laughs> you get me all excited today. So what makes Wagyu, Wagyu? Wag, However you wagyu. want to say it, yeah. What makes it Wagyu, exactly? Well, it, the original is like that Kobe beef. Excuse yeah. me, I, my allergies are killing me today. I may sneeze here in a minute. But, so the original is Kobe beef. You know, this super, super marbled, babied beef that they grow over in Japan. Well, you can't get that over here. Not true. So they started selling some of the genetics to some uh, farmers 
Um, and I, I guess, always heard that Kobe had to become from this one. Probably so. I don't know. I don't know. But but so the, what they did, they started selling some of those genetics and crossbreeding them with some Angus or different different breeds of cows over here. They kind of come up with this Wagyu yeah. breed, and now I mean, a lot of it now even comes from like uh, New Zealand or Australia. Yeah. And they're getting some awesome beef over there. And then they're just working on the genetics of it. Just like these heritage bred hogs guys are doing. They're breeding some really, really good marbled. (laughs) They look like I'm fixing to sneeze as I am. (laughs) (laughs) Don't laugh at me. It ain't funny. This damn pollen's killer. (laughs) But they're getting some really, really good marbled uh, beef. And So to me, what the difference is the marbling in the meat. It has more fat content. Which means more flavor, more moisture, harder to dry it out, easier to cook, really. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think that's what people have discovered. And it tastes like beef. Yeah. To me, it's it really leaves good. that taste. I mean, that's the main difference is the taste of it. And you you could tell it in those tri-tips. When you cooked it, I mean, it's forgiving if you, you know, and it, you could, because if you overcook it, it's still going to taste good because it's got so much fat to it. Yeah. But it tastes, man, like you can't get a steak. From the grocery store, and it tastes anything like it. But you know how they have grades like prime and, and select and stuff like yeah. that? Do they have a grade to make now, sure that it's Wagyu? Wagyu? I don't know. See, I, I think a lot of it, I've I've read that it's like marketing. Yeah. So for them to call it that, it doesn't mean a certain standard from the USDA. That's not that's not a grade a that brand, they have. Almost, and it uh-huh. might, excuse me. It may be. I'm going to have to blow my nose. Y'all gonna have to give me a second. All right. Well, um, I'm not gonna do like a brain blower outer. <laughs> I'm just gonna do a gentleman. But anyway, so yeah, they don't have like a USDA grade that I'm aware of. So it's like a brand. Maybe they do. We're going to the beef council thing uh, next month, and I'm gonna find out. I'm, we'll, it's we'll, the end of this month. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll find out. It's uh, like two weeks. That's gonna be some of my questions. You know, tell me, tell me about this wagyu. Is it, you know, how is it, is it, do they even classify it? I don't think they do. It would probably be classified as like a high end choice, uh, prime. Yeah. Because they do have different, like high choice, uh, high, you know, prime, high prime, stuff like that. Uh, Angus, there's different classifications for stuff like that, but I don't think there is for the, the Wagyu stuff. Well, how is Kevin down at the butcher shop getting such good meat? Cause I don't he's know. Getting high quality they, well, you know, I started hearing, I started hearing all these people talk about uh, this place in Tampa, and I'm not sure who the purveyor is, but that was where a lot of it was coming in. They move a ton of meat in port, I guess, that company does down there, and they supply these high – most of that stuff started being supplied to high-end restaurants. Barbecue guys started getting it because we were always looking for an edge, trying to you know, to, to make the judges like ours better than the next guy, so we started cooking it. The, the first ones I started cooking were actually Texas – raised wagyus yeah. and it was from a company called strube now they got bought out and i'm not sure those were the best those those were the best when we first started cooking brisket um i was i'd, I'd found those strube briskets and man you couldn't find anything better um they used to sell them on big papa's website he had a meat locker and he would sell them but i would order them straight from strube and then i also found a distributor out of atlanta that could get them and they would and it was inland seafood remember i would meet that seafood truck the driver would come over from atlanta going somewhere he'd meet me in the parking lot like red lobster delivering seafood yeah okay and so that so i would that's where my first dealings with wagyu came in and then that company went out so i started cooking snake rivers 
And those were really good. Snake River had some awesome product, but then it became so popular that they, you know, of course they made this gold gray, which is supposed to be their best. And then they got so expensive. You'd spend some, you know, 250 bucks. They weren't sponsoring any teams around here. And, and then, uh, so I found Kevin down there and his briskets were above and beyond what I was getting from them. Yeah. I even cooked some Creekstone primes. I mean, I've cooked, I've tried just about all of them. If there's a good brisket out there, I'm willing to pay the money and try it and see how it does because I want to win. I don't cook them at home. If I'm cooking at home, I'm going to Costco and get me just a prime USDA because it's reasonable. But Well, um, going back to the tri-tip, you're getting all over the place today. Well, I was talking about that Wagyu. You got me excited, a Wagyu, however you want to say it. So back to the tri-tip. Yeah. What made you decide to smoke it the way that you did? I just want to do it different because I've done the reverse sear and I've done the Santa Maria style and I wanted to, I wanted to, I mean, there's no, you know, there's really no difference in cooking the way I did on that drum versus cooking it uh, Santa Maria style, really, yeah. because it has that distance in between it. And yeah. I, I knew that there's so much fat in that, that Wagyu that as it dripped, it was going to make that fire stoke up. Yeah, and and so, it. yeah, and I was basting it and it had some olive oil in that base. So it had a little more fat in that. And so that was what was really giving me the flavor. If you notice, I didn't put any wood in that. I used lump charcoal. So it had a really, really smoky flavor because of that and the way that fat was dripping. If I would have cooked it down close to the coals, man, it would have, once you get it up to a certain temperature and that fat starts rendering, it would have fireballed. And so the drum worked perfect because I could check it back. And that, and I don't, I don't think, it, I mean, yeah, is reverse here a great way? Sure. But you know, most people cook tri-tips just on a grill. Yeah. That's the normal, that's like, you go out to California and there's, you know, guys are learning. I read a comment and um, one guy said that his dad, that's the way he taught him how to do tri-tips. It was like 15 minutes, flip, 15 minutes, flip, flip every 15, take it till, you know, whatever temperature you want it on, on a Weber grill over hot coals. There was no reverse here. There was no, none of that. It was just grilling it. You're just moving it enough, getting it even. Um, that's, and that's what I did. I didn't, I mean, I didn't know that guy's dad taught him to cook like that, but I was just <laughs> like, you know, every 15 minutes would be a good amount of time to move this thing yeah. to make sure it's not burning up on bottom because I knew the fat was dripping and it got some color on it. Well, you know, someone asked, why didn't you just do 30, 30? Well, I would have been afraid it might burn up on yeah, that side. I want, yeah. So I was just keeping it moving. The base was just to give it some more flavor, but where'd you come up with the recipe? that recipe for that base i wanted something different i just made something up <laughs> i forgot <laughs> to even mention really the honey good. when i wrote it out and somebody called us on that i didn't double check your recipe and you uh, yeah you told me you need a recipe and after i'd already mixed it up on the camera so it's been a busy week it's been i gotta busy. i gotta add it to the you're supposed to ed, you're supposed to proof me man i need, ed, I need an editor I, need I get to writing i get to i get to writing stuff and it just flies out so, yeah, you didn't add any charcoal to that fire, but it had a really smoky flavor. Yeah, that's, that's just that drum. That's that drum. I've got that drum so seasoned, man. You can cook anything out of it. <laughs> I have cooked so much, you know, good stuff on it. It's, the flavor's in there, and I'll never scrape that. I'll dump it out if something gets down in the bottom, but I ain't putting nothing to my flavoring in that drum. Because, man, that, that baby, man, it makes some good stuff. That dry tip was amazing. I mean, yeah. for to have no sauce, nothing with it, just beef. And then you got the the rubs. I mean, you know, that's a winning combination of steak cook-offs, if you don't know, the AP and the, and the hot and the steak. So I knew that would taste good. That's pretty it. much the how balsamic, you do your steak. I wouldn't be scared to use that balsamic in a steak cook-off because it really? made it, it – it wasn't it overpowering. Chunky, 
Well, you can strain it, I guess. Yeah. Well, what do you mean, because yeah. of the red pepper in it? Because that's the only thing that would have made the it chunky. Garlic. Oh, yeah, the garlic. Yeah. But you could strain it. Yeah. yeah. You could strain it. You just wouldn't want that. But the the sauce itself was delicious. It was great on the tri-tip. But I'm just saying for a turn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. You'd, you'd be afraid some of that garlic chunk would be on there? Yeah. I don't know. It was for good. For a steak at home, it would be bang up. Yeah, yeah. It'd be good to use that as almost, you could cook that down and reduce it a little bit and use it as like a dipping sauce or serving sauce right. with a steak. Whew. That would be good. Yeah. It was really good. But you just came up with a. Yeah. I mean, I was just looking for a mop, a quick mop. And I was like, what vinegar do I have? And then I saw balsamic. I was like, yeah, it, it's a vinaigrette. That's all it is. And balsamic goes really well yeah, with beef. With beef. Yeah. I mean, um, oh, do you remember that time we cooked those, uh. Whole beef loins. We were cooking them out there at a spring fest one night. We rolled up on these guys oh, and it yeah. was like late night. We we're headed back to the truck. It was midnight after and they had like an old drum turned over sideways and some chairs around it. And I was like, well, he's like, what are y'all doing? He's like, well, we're just sitting around and he's like, I got these beef loins I need to cook. And I said, what? <laughs> and this is like, man, we've been drinking and having a good time. I was like, y'all supposed to cook beef loin? Well, we really don't know what to do with it. I said, hold on. <laughs> Let me show y'all. And so they had a, like a balsamic vin- a vinaigrette salad dressing. And so I got those beef loins and just threw some salt on them and put them on that open pit drum. They were using as a heater. I think I, I made them in smaller, like, you yeah, know, double thick fillets. Yeah, you were cooking them like steaks. Yeah, and then over that open fire. They were so good that night. That was awesome. Who was that? Gary, bread man? Yeah, and, uh, I think so. Yeah. I thought it was. That was the first time we ever really met those guys and hung yeah. out with a bread man and. What was the other guy's name? We just sat there beside that fire and drank some beer and cooked. <laughs> and cooked some fillets, some badass fillets, too. <laughs> just eating random meat off some random pit. <laughs> off a drum, off a half a drum <laughs> and some fire. That was like their bum drum. They were using it to sit around and stay warm. Yeah. I said, we should some cook on this. Give me a piece of that cheap metal over there. <laughs> there was some expanded metal. Yeah, it was. It on there. <laughs> well, did the way you cook differently than... Uh... Um, well, it doesn't, you, you know, as far as cook differently, not really, but it's more forgiving because if you take it over, it's okay because it has so much moisture. In it, it's hard to mess it up. Like those briskets, we used to take our brisket this past weekend. We took that brisket at 214 degrees. That's way further than you would ever take any brisket just because we knew it had so much fat in it. We can get this it to where it's, oh mouth. yeah, it did. And that was the whole point of it. You, you take, you take regular old choice brisket and cook it up to that high man it'll be so dry you can't chew it or it'll fall apart you know You'll, this one almost was falling apart yeah it was on the ver- you could hang it but it was it was it was you would have wiggled and yeah, the burn ends on it though Ooh, that was money i want another burn in right now and those were good but do you think one thing that i've noticed with the wag a the wag a the wag you is that when you probe it it gives you funny readings because of the fat content. Yeah, I think that it's just because of the if it's you so notice ribeyes do that, just regular yeah. ribeye steaks exactly. because of the marbling in them, and it's the fat gives false temperature readings. I, I mean, it's the only thing I know. I don't know this for a fact. I'm just thinking it does. Yeah, this is just. But from personal experience, yeah. but um, this is just what we. I, at that point, you have to go by feel. You know, especially when, if you're cooking, talking briskets, you have to really, really. Know what they're, you know, they got to be soft. That's what we look for. They got to be soft. Uh, when I'm cooking steaks, it's different. I mean, you can kind of tell by the way something feels, but it's more of a surface feel than it is a probe going in feel. But 
like when you were mm. cooking this, you probed one time and it Excuse was reading me. like something really high, like fit, 150 or something. You pulled it back out and went back in and it was giving you an accurate rate. Yeah. What's, you just you know, hit those fat pockets in it. And then sometimes you go a little deeper than you think you do. So you got to yeah. double check. And, but uh, so always all in all, man, those tri-tips were, I, I took it to 128, which is what about I take a steak to at a contest. So it's a little over medium rare, but you can see when I sliced them up and they oxidize out, they were still super. They're, I they thought were, the cook was perfect. That, I wouldn't want it any, it. I wouldn't want it any, I wouldn't want that any less rare because of the fat in it, because you need it to be a little bit higher to melt that fat, but I wouldn't any, want it any more either Yeah. because you know, why do I want to eat something like, you know, over. So I think that might I was, that was, no light. to me, that was perfect. I thought it was dead on and I'm real picky about, yeah. I don't. Mm-mm. Several people said that uh, it was overcooked in the comments, but um, I didn't think so. I thought that it was pretty much dead on perfect. I think the light might have looked a little different, but once it, like you said, once it sat there and oxidized, yeah, it was. Man, these allergies killing me today. <laughs> I've been taking Benadryl and Zyrtec. I need some good pharmaceutical grade stuff. Um. You know, one thing, I've noticed you've been slicing your briskets, and you did it with this tri-tip, too, with that serrated knife. That Oh, yeah, that dial strong? Yeah, and you've normally done it with... The slicer? A, yeah, a, a roaster was, slicer. I'm just playing with knives. They, dial strong sent me a bunch of knives to try out, and it's like, what kind do you use? And I said, you know, I use a big slicer knife, I use a boning knife, I use a fillet knife. Uh, I use a chef's knife. Usually about four knives is all I need. Sometimes a paring knife. Yeah, if I'm doing something small. But four knives is really all I need. And he's like, well, we got some we think you'll like. And I was like, okay, send them to me. <laughs> they sent you some swords. They sent, <laughs> sent me some swords and some medieval stuff. Like, you know, the, the, the executioner guy that brings out all the stuff to torture people. And yeah, they sent me all that. <laughs> some kind of hook thing. No. <laughs> but, yeah, they sent me a lot of stuff. But I was – um forget what I was either reading Aaron Franklin's book or going through. And he uses a serrated knife in all of his restaurants and they, you know, a serrated knife was in there. So last time I did that, that pastrami, I think it was. Yeah. So I'm going to try that serrated knife. Well, it did so well. I just grabbed it to, 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 to slice up this tri-tip and it works. It's a good knife. It really is. I don't know how. Which I used to slice the brisket in the contest this week in the shun. Yeah. Why well, has a shun, a, a, yeah. one of those big shuns he got that he loves. It just mows through. It shines yeah. a totally different animal. But you pay for what you get on there. That's like a, I think it's a $300 knife. Yeah, it's or, not it's cheap. A, I think it's 200 actually. It? It's high. Because I bought you one for Christmas. I never, you know, I never get that one out. That's kind of. I only use those, those shines on special occasion because I'm afraid I'll mess them. I mean, I don't want to get them damaged. Yeah. Or, I mean, you're not going to hurt it, but it's just a, I got all these other knives sitting there. And I never think to get out my one that means something to me. The, um. If somebody came over and I was doing a brisket, I'd get that one out. Show them I got a shun. Look at me. <laughs> My baby gave it to me. You know, this is the second tri-tip um, that you've cooked that I've thought that was as good or better than primary. Really? Yes. What? Well, so the, you know, one so the next one, came over, it came from that, Matador. that was a Matador was a prime. prime. Yeah. And that was a prime beef and it was different. It was good. It had more of a fat cap on it, on yeah, the bottom yeah, of it. it and so that was really yeah, good. These, these Wagyu's didn't have a fat cap. Yeah. They were trimmed in the package and I don't think, I, I don't think Kevin the trimmed them there at the butcher shop. I think that's just the way they come. They were double packed and man, they were chewed. You didn't need any fat cap on it. <laughs> All the fat was on the inside. You know, we've talked before about like if you had to give up pork or beef, which one would you do? And you've always said, 
you love, you know, you're going to pick the pork. You're going to keep the pork because it's so versatile and you got bacon and everything yeah. like that. And I can't argue that. You can't. But occasionally you'll get a bite of beef that is better than anything you can get off a pig. It's like. Yeah. I think there's so much stuff close to beef, though. Like deer or elk or. No. I've never tried horse. but <laughs> 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 There's nothing like pork. There is nothing like that by there's nothing like that. pork. Wagyu, Everything's to, like chicken. You can give up chicken because it all. There's yeah. so much stuff that tastes like chicken. Yeah, I'm gonna but, get some uh, frog legs or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> frog leg legs. What do you think this rabbit's gonna taste? You think it's gonna taste like chicken? I don't know. I'm a little curious. Um, yeah. it's really white. You know, the yeah. Well, this white. is farm raised. It's not wild rabbit, yeah. so I'm sure it's you know. I'm just saying. Yeah, I bet it has more of a neutral flavor. You bite into that. Oh, that was one of those bites of meat where it's almost like your feet don't touch the ground for a second. I wrote something down here. So, you know, Michael came out and stayed with us, and um, you had a ladies' night. Yeah. What right. goes on on ladies' night? That's what I want to know. We went to dinner. We had some there's, margaritas. There's no, like, pillow fights and none of that stuff? Lingerie and pillow fights? Y'all just went out, catting on the town? Yeah, catting. Oh, cougaring? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I don't have any single ladies girlfriends night. anymore. Yeah. We all got to be home by 10. Yeah, you got kids to worry about. They not, they're not all no, at. it's just we're tired. Oh. <laughs> Busy life, huh? Yeah. No partying anymore. Anyway, what were you saying? That was all I wanted to know. What went on on ladies' night? I don't know why. <laughs> I didn't have anywhere to go with it. I well, was man, just... We went and had uh, Mexican and margaritas. Okay. And then we got a wild hair and went to Windy City, which is like the local bar. The Hernando and Water and Hole? That, yeah. We had a few drinks and realized that it was time for us to go yeah. home. Um, so what? I always say, what what would you do differently? Mm, man, I don't know if there's much I would do differently on that one. I don't know. If I mean, I, you know, as it come up to temp, if you wanted to put a little more crust on it, maybe. And see, you could take it out or either raise the firebox up on the drum to you know to sear it a little more but i thought it got plenty of a sear on it, it so there wasn't there wasn't a that was just a hot and fast tri-tip yeah. and i mean um you it know, had a smokiness when man. you left lift when you i was trying to take pictures at the end that the it was open and, and yeah the air got going the fire got the fat yeah, was dripping you could just let the last few minutes leave, leave the, the lid oh that, you know that's a good idea there just leave the top off let the grill come on up, really get rolling, and that's going to sear it all you want. Yeah. Just leave it there and sear it. Don't. I mean, I wouldn't want to overcook it. So that's that would yeah, be. Yeah, you would just be getting a little bit of. Yeah, but if you're if you're cooking on a drum, I mean, you could do yeah. that. You could do that recipe on any grill that way. It's just, I mean, it's just grilling it. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, you know, medium high heat. I would say around three twenty five, three fifty, right in that range. It just with tri tip, it just don't ruin it. That's the main thing. If you overcook it. If you take it up over, you know, medium, if you go over, if you go to medium well, well, it's going to be over. It's not going to be that good. Well, Try it down the way, the way go. Oh, it'll be good there. <laughs> you ain't going to mess it up. You ain't going to mess it up. It almost needs a little more. I thought I was going to mess up some burgers, some Wagyu burgers, because I, you know, I saved my trimmings off brisket and we grind it up. And so I put them on there and I was, you know, I wasn't paying attention to the internal temperature. This wasn't recent. This was last year, some other time. I hadn't cooked that many briskets to have any that much trimmings here recently. But, um, I'd, I'd cooked them. And then when I finally tempted them, they were like 165. I was like, oh man, I've ruined these, 
expensive burgers, you know. Man, we could eat those burgers, and they would just drink, you know, the, the moisture, the, the fat would just run down your arm. And it, it well done. It was probably one of the best burgers I've ever ate. And I was like, oh, man. So can you mess it up? It's hard, dude. You got to really try. You got to really try to mess up some of that. You know, Heath um, always says that he has got to eat either cooks it hot or cooks his when he gets the heritage breed pork, he always yeah. has to cook it hotter or cook it longer, get it up to a higher temp. To render, to render all the fat. Yeah, I can see that. Maybe a little bit. I don't know. I don't cook. I don't like to, to my comp stuff. We don't cook it hot and fast. Yeah, yeah. We go slow. We break it down slow. Does it stall out a little longer? Maybe, but not long. I mean, I don't notice any major difference enough to say, oh, you need to give that 12 hours instead of, you know, nine and a half, 10. No, it doesn't. Ours don't. Not 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 cooking at two fifty where we cook. Well, if you were going to cook two, two more Wagyu tri tips this weekend, would you do them the exact same way, or would you try something new? Try something a different way, different flavors, or something. Well, like since that? I just had them like that, I'd probably throw some you know, Mexican style rub on it because because we made tacos out of it. Like I, we ate a good bit of it just right there on the cutting board. Yeah, but, we had a couple people over. But we made tacos. And well, you had made tacos Sunday. You'd done pulled beef. You'd smoked some chuck roast. Chuck roast. Mm-hmm. And we made pulled beef tacos. So, and that's the same Mexican season I'd put on those and yeah, just do them. Yeah. It would be so good. And I made a cilantro jalapeno, jalapeno coleslaw jalapeno. for those pulled beef tacos. And you had pickled some red onions. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we decided. That was dinner that night. Yeah. You know, we had we had some we tri had tip on the board. Over. Mm-hmm. We had it left over, so I was like, let's see what this tri-tip's going to be like with this slaw. Did you even warm it up or just eat it cold? No, I ate it cold. Because you, you came in there with one on a plate. You said, I, I was going to try one, and it was like so good. <laughs> you went back and made another one. And then I, finally, you, you ran Michael to baseball practice, I think, that night. And I went in there and made me two. And I was like, holy cow. These are so good. Awesome. And it was so, so simple. Yeah. And it, but, it, that, you know, it was kind of had that steak flavor. Yeah. I would like to see it with my Mexican seasoning on yeah. it. To really give it that, you know, that um, that, yeah. that south of the border flavor, you know, that, that um, it would be good. Jalapeno slaw. I just kind of threw it together. You chopped the jalapenos for me, and we kind of finally kind of minced it. Yeah. yeah, it was so good because you got that burn from the jalapeno, but it wasn't too much, yeah. you know. And the cilantro gave it flavor, mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. got the crunchiness, a little creamy element. It was good. It was I really need to work good. on that recipe and actually write it down. I did come back and doctor it just a you, hair. Yeah, I knew looking. there was something. You you told me you did. Um, so, excuse me. Now this week, I thought we'd talk about cooking or you had the idea to talk about cooking competition ribs. Because that's what I'm going to be doing this weekend. Yeah. (laughs) My question was, so, uh, why are you so interested in cooking competition ribs right now? Well, the comp ribs that I'm going to be doing are going to be my Memphis and May ribs. So what we're doing is just honing in. I'm not just going out there willy nilly. I'm going to put some practice in. So I've ordered up uh, eight slabs. Um, I think I'm cooking Allegiance ribs this time. Uh, I got a blind box cut. Where are they coming from? I'm getting them from Brad here locally, the butcher's okay. block. I didn't, you know, he. I, I think Jamie called him for me and told him that he had, man, somebody's calling me from the Masters in Augusta. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, so, so we're going to do those. Um, Mark's coming over. I don't know. Jamie's coming because he's got to go to Cincinnati, but I think Waylon's going to be here and we're going to run through, uh, two recipes. We're going to cook four, four slabs one way, four slabs another way, build blind boxes. 
see which one we think's best after they've been sitting and holding because, you know, it takes them a while to judge them at Memphis. And we're going to take that recipe, perfect it, use it at Spring Fest as a tune-up, cooking NBN ribs there because that's Memphis and May style. And then we'll probably get another practice or two in, and then we'll be ready for Memphis. Yeah. You so only have four weeks. Yeah, yeah. Man, is that right? Yeah. Hold on a second. All right. You got to give me a warning, and I'll take you off the screen. I don't care, man. If you ain't seen a grown man blow his nose, something's wrong with you. <laughs> okay. So, first <laughs> off, what's the difference between competition ribs and what we well, call eating ribs? Yeah. And so, eating ribs are what, what everybody cooks at home. Yeah. And those are. They're good ribs. That's the way I, I, I did have that wrote down on mine. Uh, you know, a rib that I like to eat typically isn't overly isn't seasoned, rib, isn't yeah. overly trimmed. Um, I do like baby bags. I do like spare ribs. It just depends on how I'm feeling. Do I feel like a filet? Do I feel like a ribeye? Yeah. Uh, to me, the, the baby back is leaner. It doesn't have as much fat because it's up on the loin and um, it's different texture of meat. They're really, really good. When I cook them at home, I just like to keep it simple. Little AP, little rub. I don't wrap them up with the butter and the brown sugar and all that. I just run them Memphis style. You know, I might spritz them with a little water, apple juice or vinaigrette or something, but I keep them dry. And then when I finish them off at the end, when they're, when that bone's ready, I mean, I kind of pull on man. You know, you can temp ribs. He showed us that in the video. He takes them to like 204. Well, I don't get caught up in that. I use my hands to temp them. When I see that drawback and I can grab that rib and I can kind of twist that bone a little and I know it's going to fall apart, I pick it up and it's starting to, you know, it's going to break. That's when they're done for me for eating. I want that rib to pretty much almost break because I know I can take it inside, hit it with a little more rub, let it sit a few minutes, and I can break it up right there. You don't even need a knife to eat them. Yeah. Now, the meat still but stays on mushy. the bone. Yeah, no, they're, they're not, not mushy. They have better texture. The, the, it creates more of a bark on the outside, so you get that real barbecue flavor that everybody loves. You know, uh, And then they have been nuked inside a wrap. That, to me, is eating rib. That's the way I like to eat them. Now, sometimes if people's over and I want to do wet and dry, I'll sauce them at the end, set a glaze on them. But it's still not an overpowering. You know, I'll just use sauce straight out the bottle. I'm not combining all this, you know, three or four sauces and doing, you know, trying to make make it hit different levels and make them extra sweet. Because sweet wins comps. I mean, I hate to say it, but sweet wins comps. One thing I wrote So the ribs are different. They're they're more rich. We packed them full of stuff. We've used several different seasonings on them to build these layers of flavors. We've, you know, wrapped them up to, to pretty much nuke them to tenderize them. We've added butter to them. We've added, you know, extra honey, extra sweeteners. And then we turn around and add another layer of flavor with another finishing rub and then a sweet, sweet glaze. And that's what, ta- that's what it takes to, to do really good at Memphis. Yeah. And that's, and that's what it takes to win in the Memphis, in Memphis area, yeah. Memphis, and especially at Memphis in May. It's not that much different. I mean, it's, it's not. a little different yeah. in KCBS, but not You that get much. some different flavors, but the, it's still primarily comes down to what's, you know, that sauce game, what kind of glaze you're putting on, how you're doing it. And the trick is to do it without burning it up. To do it without it being goopy, you got to know long how long to you set get it. A you got to get the tenderness right. All those factors come in when you're talking competition rib, and that's why I mean it, it's hard. It's hard to cook a perfect cop rib and to win, especially like a contest like Memphis and May, because mm-hmm. there's so many teams doing it, and you're, then you're going up against whole hog teams and shoulder teams who have these big pieces of meat to choose from for their judges. Well, we've got ten little bones. Yeah. And we've got to try to wow them with those 10 bones, and it hasn't been done in a long time. But Killer Hogs is coming for it this year. It's going to happen. I wrote a note that um, 
to me in competitions. I think I was talking about the guys that, (laughs) yeah, uh, the guys that win, the guys that compete on the reg, um, the way they cook their comp ribs is pretty similar, you know, from team to team to team. They there's little tweaks that are different, yeah. But for the most part, the way they're cooking the ribs is is very similar. Um, and even when you make changes to your comp ribs, you don't go throw it. Oh no, part. It's no, little yeah, tweaks little small tweaks. You know? Change change a little bit of rub here. But when you're cooking, sauce at home, pretty much stays the same. Yeah, when you're cooking at home, you might do a dry rib, you might do a Korean yeah, rib. Man, I grab a lot of times. I just go how we're feeling. Yeah. But. So. <laughs> I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> Joker finally got me. Mm. Okay. You might do a little editing to this one. <laughs> no. I don't know. I don't got have time to edit. Snotting it up. <laughs> You'll be okay. I'll be okay. Would you ever cook a competition rib without wrapping it? Man. We used to on the backwoods some. Never did as good. Uh, you can, but I don't think it would work uh, now. Yeah. No, because they judges don't like a really a a bark like a you know you you know how the bark gets on a butt how you know it, it has bark. I like that on a rib, but it doesn't do well in competition barbecue. They want it soft. They they were trained to take that bite and it be so tender that it leaves a good mouth impression, but it doesn't fall off the bone. Well, if you cook an unwrapped rib, it's hard to get that texture on the outside. It's going to make more of a barky texture. It's like, you know, you can put, sometimes you can even peel part of it off because it, yeah, it sets it so well. It's really, really good. Yeah, it's great. Some vinegar I love the bark. Yeah. Bark is my favorite thing. That's what a lot of your fa- flavor is. But it would right. never, yeah. I don't think, I mean, I ain't saying it can't happen, but it would be ballsy move to just try no wraps and yeah. seeing how they did. I mean, nine times out of ten, they're not going to work. Would you ever turn a dry rib in competition? Nope, never. If I want to be last, I would. <laughs> I mean, for real. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what it takes. It's come, it's come. I mean, you know, people have been saying it for years. It's a sauce contest. Well, it's it's a sweet, sticky in between saucy and dry. Yeah. We've always said, we called it muddy for years. Muddy, yeah. yeah, muddy style. But really, is it sauced? Heck yeah, it's sauced. And it's mm-hmm. Most of the time, sauced pretty daggum heavily. We just set it, we set that sauce so it tacks up on it. And that's what makes that muddiness. I if imagine- you sauced it and didn't set it, that would be a saucy rib. If you sauced it and set it, that's what would be, uh, you know, a muddy style rib. I imagine that um, if some a judge saw a non-sauce dry rib, they would assume that the person yeah. didn't know what they were doing. Um, That's what I would think. All on camera, blowing my nose. Y'all have to live with it today. I'm about to go get me a shot or something. <laughs> what are you looking for for the flavor profile of a competition rib? Well... Of course, they've, they've got to have that salt there. That's the element that, that brings everything together. So when you start talking savory or talking something from your ribs, I'd like to taste it. It's supposed to taste like barbecue. Mm-hmm. So that's where your rubs come in. You don't want to in. taste it and taste salty. No, no. But you, you need, need the salt, salt there to balance. Yeah. So it shouldn't be salty, but it should balance it. It needs to have some heat to it. I don't care if it's coming from pepper, like cayenne, um, or black pepper. I like Jelly. a little bit. I like, yeah, yeah or, or a, you know something like that. I like it to have a little back-end heat, so it's usually got a little white pepper in it. 
you're just you're like you're laughing at me. I'm, I'm sitting there trying to hold it together best I can, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then it's got to have a balance. It's got to have some richness to it, and that usually comes from the 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 type of ribs I'm cooking, and or the stuff we put in the wrap. You know, the parquet, whatever it is, if it's parquet or butter, whatever you want to put, and that's going to have to have that sweet factor to to win. You can't eat. Too many bones of a competition rib. No, it's really yeah, so, rich. yeah, two or three bones and you're yeah. done. But you're not going to sit down and eat a rack of them. Yeah. Have you ever tried to eat a rack of comp ribs? Man, you'd I be mean, so sick. I've probably eaten three bones before and been like, Ugh. wish I hadn't done that because yeah. it's hot. Yeah. Because yeah. you're hungry and they taste so good, and you eat one, you're like, oh, I'm gonna eat another one, and then you're like, I'm gonna just eat one more, <laughs> and then you hate yourself for the rest of the day. Yeah. Um. So what is the perfect tenderness on a comp rib versus the perfect tenderness? We kind of, you know, you talked about this a little bit. Well, in Memphis and May, they got to be a little further over. Yeah. Because they have to judge has to actually tear them apart. So that's the tenderness I'm looking for. Um, I've even but seen, I've even seen time. some of those judges take them off the bone. So they want it. It's not falling off. They got to be able to pick it up, but they want that, they want that bone to jump out of it. So it's a little more done than say a KCBS style. In KCBS, that perfect tenderness is, you take a bite, your teeth go right through it. It leaves that perfect bite impression, and then that's it. And it's not mushy. It's not, um, you know, it doesn't go to like a peanut butter texture in your mouth. It has a meat feel. It's soft. It, you know, it just feels. We talk about mouth feel. It feels good. You know, it yeah. feels like a good piece of meat, and you know you're eating a rib. It's not mealy. It's not mushy. Yeah, it's not yeah. Like that's that. perfect. That's hard. perfect texture. Yeah. That's that's all nine, you know. That's nines in texture. But like you said, it still has to hold up. Like in that one video you did with Heath, he picked that whole slab up and shook it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And then could still rip it apart. Rip it apart. So yeah. that's a small window you got to hit. Oh yeah, that's that's the trick to ribs. That's what makes it so tough. It's not the appearance. It's not the flavor. It's all in that texture of a rib. It really is how well you cooked it tender. Yeah. And without going over, without being under. Yeah, there's not because it's, you're dealing with all these smaller, bones yeah. and meat in between bones. That's the whole deal with them. And that's why everybody's always chasing. Ribs is tough. Ribs is tough. I mean, it really is. So what ribs are you cooking in a comp? Well, I like to cook a good rib. Like, I'm here lately. I've cooked a bunch of Allegiance. Yeah. Um, I really like comp hearts. Uh, Smithfield has some good ones. Um but you're typically going with a higher end. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. That's that's. I just find them because they're more consistent. Is why um, that oh. heritage bred hogs taste better. Yeah, like you the comp really, that even that Cheshire can, that Heath cooks, uh, Berkshire, all those. Man, they their their ribs taste so good. You can tell that. You can tell that the quality of meat better in the rib over a butt to me. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That, you can. It really showcases in a rib where it. You can get away with it in other More ways. so. Yeah. You, you, well, so you're, that's what I was saying. Those big cuts that the shoulder and hog guys, there's so much more meat to pick from. Yeah. You're going to find something good in yeah. there. I mean, it, it's just if you know where to go and, you know, what, what parts to pull from, you're going to find it good in a, in a butt or a shoulder or a whole hog. A rib's a rib. I mean, you, you don't have – you can't go to different areas of that rib and, you know, if it's either done right or it's not. And it's usually across the whole slab. A judge ain't going to get a tender end and then get over to the middle and they can't pull it. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're going to say, oh, well. You Sometimes know. it's a little tender on the edge. Well, that's if it yeah. is. But, you know, that's why we square the racks up. We try to make them uniform. We cut them down to the, whether the same thickness all the way across because we wanted to cook the same from end to end. That's what I'm selling them on. 
I perfectly cooked this rack. My ends aren't burned up. They're not overdone. They're just as tender on the end as they are in the middle. When I got a rack laid out in front of me and I've got the judge, you know, holding it. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's what, that's what you have to work on. That's what takes practice. And that's what we're going to do starting, you know, this weekend. Um, and at home, if we're cooking a side of ribs at home, I mean, what was it last, the weekend before last, you just grabbed two slabs Kroger. of Kroger. Yeah. Yeah. It was whatever their Kroger brand What were those? Prairie Fresh or something like that? I don't even think they were Prairie Fresh. I don't know what they brand had a big it was. Kroger oh, they may have, yeah. You know, yeah, those were probably were a, there. I bet you they were Hormel's or Smithfield, just because yeah. it's like a store logoed brand. Some yeah. some big person, big person that's packing a lot of porks doing those. They were good. They were good. I mean, just for just some old run ribs, no wraps yeah. on the Traeger. I mean, they, were, they weren't smoky eat. as I like them. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing. Now that's one thing I had to talk about in ribs. I like them to have some smoke flavor, mm-hmm. so I run a little bit of hickory and a little bit of cherry. And sometimes I'll even put a little pecan on there just because I like my rib to have some smoke to it. Uh, if you're running ribs, no wrap to eat it at home, don't do, don't put smoke on them the whole time. Only smoke them for the first couple of hours and then let that burn out and don't add any more. Just cook on your residual heat at that point. But, uh, you can't beat a good rib that's got some smoke flavor to it and it's got the seasonings and it's got the, you know, perfect tenderness. Yeah. I don't like it to be too over, you know, like too much in the wrap, too many rubs, too many seasoning. I want it to be kind of plain. You want to taste pork, right? Yeah, and yeah. I want to dip it in a vinegar sauce. Yeah, yeah. oh, I love the vinegar sauce with it too. Good dry rib. You know, I like to warm sauce. that up, warm the vinegar yeah. sauce a little bit, have it in like a little one of those little dipping crock pots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and have it warm, and yeah. then put it in a little cup or a little bowl or something, and then dip it instead of putting sauce all over my ribs. That's that's perfect. I think that's why I like Central Barbecue's sauces because so they much. keep it in that warmer sauce warmer. Yeah, yeah, you're not getting cold sauce; you're getting hot yeah. sauce. Yeah, all theirs is the mustard, the regular uh-huh. sauce. Yeah. They all keep it kind of warm. Um, I guess those plug in. Huh? It's like a nacho cheese dispenser or kinda. something. What what pit are you using to cook your comp ribs? Oh, hickory. Yeah. Yeah. What pit do most people on the competition circuit are using? Mm, you see a combination of all kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, I would say that I mean, number one pits now use your drums. Yeah. There's drums. more drums out there than anything. Those are reasonable. There's a lot of stick burners, jambos yeah. out there. The, the, hit, the pro guys are using. A lot of old hickories, a lot of backwoods. Yeah. Or those type clones. I mean, those are all good pits. Uh, so I have a question. Click off of me. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's uh, like the can guys, the guys that do so well. Tim Shear from Shake and Bay, you know, the getting basted mm-hmm. team. Are they hanging their ribs? Uh, in comps, you know, I don't know. I never really watched yeah. them. I wouldn't, I think, I bet you they start them out just on the just flat. rack. Yeah. yeah. They're moving them often. Uh, that's what the secret to those. If you're cooking ribs on drum, you got to be moving them because if you leave them in the same spot, some of them's going to burn up. Just like you, the tri-tip. Yeah, just like the tri-tip. Yeah. You got to be moving it, but you can hang them and they turn out pretty good. I've oh, had, gosh, I, mean, I, I love, love a hang. I yeah. love a good hanging rib. It's like charcoal and. Yeah, it gets more of a pit. It's kind of a pit rib, yeah. you know. It's an authentic, authentic, real barbecue. Well, how do you finish your comp ribs, and how do you finish your ribs at home, and what's the difference? I mean, at home, I just and throw a little you, rub well, on them when they come finish, off. What do we mean by finish? Well, how you right before you finish and serve them? Yeah. 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 And comps, you know, we take them out of the wrap, drain all the juice, we season them a little bit, put them back on, let that dry up a little bit because they're ugly after you've been, you know, hammering them with the heat inside a wrap. And then we sauce them with a warm, uh, we glaze them with a warm sauce and we set that. So that's, <laughs> quit laughing at me. 
This is going to be an audio only one. But, uh, you look like you're about to sneeze. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying not to sneeze. (laughs) I've been fighting it all. It started yesterday. But, uh, so, and then when I'm eating them at home, Man, I'll just take them and hit them with a little more rub and eat them dry style. Like And like we talked about, I like to eat them with vinegar sauce. I don't like to put anything yeah. on them. So that's my personal choice. I mean, who am I to tell somebody how to eat their ribs? <laughs> eat them how you like them. You want to put honey all over them? Put honey all over them. Yeah, honey for the money. Honey for the money. Um, What knife are you using for slicing ribs? Um, comps. Comps. We use uh, – last week, we didn't use that shun for those baby bags most of the time. He uses one of those razor Havilons with the wider blade, not the little thin blade that they come with. It's got like a wider blade. And so it's pretty much a razor blade, like a scalpel. Yeah. And it makes a clean, straight cut. And that's what you're Or that for. red-handled Victor, Victorinox. Is yeah. that how you say it? Super sharp knife. Those are really good, too. It's a, it's a five-inch semi-flexible fillet knife, I think. I bought it on Amazon for yeah. 20 bucks. Those man, those are some good knives. But you, it just needs to be super, super sharp. Yeah. Straight cuts. That's it. How do you cut them to go in the blind box? And how many? What? How do so, you build your blind box? So what we're working on for Memphis and May, they do what people call the Hollywood cut, and it's a two bone Hollywood cut. And what that means is it makes the ribs look wider than they actually are because you're going. Um, Right up, beside, right up beside, right up beside one bone, you cut right beside it, like as close as you can. So that leaves a big hunk of meat. Then you skip a bone, meat another. Then you skip another bone, and then you cut up against that fourth bone. So you've got two bones with meat on the outside, and that's kind of that Hollywood maximum cut maximum meat. Yeah, well, I mean, and we try to get at least nine of those in a box. I like to get twelve, which would be twelve two bone sections. So if you can think, we could kind of stack them in there two by two by two, and then rows of that. That way it looks like many half slabs laid in there perfect. That's what we go for. I mean, but when how many of those can you get off one slab? Like two? Three if you're lucky. Three if you're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we've gotten four. just depends on how straight the bones are. But Four of those cuts off of one rib? Yeah. Wow. If I mean, that, you, you have to go with a 12-bone rack then to do that. Yeah. And you have to cook it just perfect. But yeah. most time, three. We're taking six bones out of the same rack, six center bones, and that's usually. But you're me. dropping a bone in there too. Yeah. Okay. And that's why I tell you, you can still get three sections. <laughs> <laughs> I still look like I'm gonna sneeze again. No, I'm just. Uh, you don't know how to cut ribs. Are you asking me? I've always well, with a butter knife. I just wanted to clarify. Yeah. No, I mean that's how that's how we Hollywood cut them. Yeah. I just assumed that you'd only get two. No, out of a whole rack. Yeah. You can get three. Yeah. We try to. I mean, yeah. well, it looks Never. better in a box. If you've got ribs that come out up. of the same rack, they all match yeah. up. And that's the whole idea. We want them to look like that slab of ribs, but they've been cut. And you have to make sure you cut all the way through them. That's why we drop the bones in between. But we're only dropping two bones there. If you think about it, we're cutting yeah. right in beside one, right in beside the other. We're skipping two bones, right in beside one, right in beside the other. And so when we're taking the last two and cutting on the outside, so it's easy to get, it's easy to get three sections yeah. if you've cooked them right out of the same one. I won't give away all the secrets, but you're trying to get it all. I didn't know that was a secret. I don't know if it is or not, but that's what's going to win. <laughs> okay. So, um, 
Lose your place? I got the wrong question. You know what time it is? Crawfish time. It is crawfish time. Man, prices have went down. I think they're like two sixty five now, live. I heard down in Louisiana they're $2. That's what uh, Mark's cousin's bringing up for his deal coming up. Everybody's invited. I have yet to have any crawfish this week. Go to Mark's Where Facebook page and tell him you want to come to his crawfish. He's going to have a live band. He's going to have valet parking. He's going to have full open bar, servers. It's All this party, going down. party of the year. Party of the century. You only turned how old team? 33, 32, once. Yeah. <laughs> 32 once. <laughs> 32 once. <laughs> it's got a big tent running. DJ booth, power plant. No, light plants, what he told me he had. I guess he's going to plan on lighting up that field back there. A what? Hold on. He's what? <laughs> you know those portable lights they bring to uh, yeah. barbecue contests? He's got one of them. Does he really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It is going to be the party of the year. Party of the year. Okay, so you got any more comments on competition ribs? No, I mean, that's... I, 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 right now I'll, how you cook your competition ribs. No, not right now. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> I put some rub on them. First, I get them. I trim them all even. I want them all the way the same. Okay. And then I put some yeah. seasoning on them. Then I put them on the smoker. I put some wood on there. Might baste them a little bit. Maybe not. Who knows? Who knows what with? And then uh, wrap them up, get them tender, and then I take them off and dry them out a little bit, a little more season, and glaze them with a really good sweet sauce, and Ta-da. cut them in them pieces, and it's going to be pandemonium. That's as much as I'm willing to disclose until after I win. Okay. After that, I'll tell you exactly what I used. Well, you still have a couple different methods that you got to iron out. You've still got a few little. I've, I know two combos that's winning right yeah, now, yeah. so I may, you know. So that's what you're going to do this weekend. Yeah. Hone it. Hone it. Yep. So, um, we actually have signed a lease on an office. Yes. We are moving in, uh, right now. Yeah. I mean, that's what we've been doing all week is getting things ready. I've been met the fire marshal over there, met the A1 fire guys, we got internet installed. Uh, hopefully the internet's going to be way better. So maybe we can do a lot more, uh, you know, live stuff, maybe. I don't know. That's something we thought about. But we're going to be changing sets for our uh, podcast once again. This will be the third set change in two no, years. we never had a set change. Oh, yeah. This is the first set because of the video. We, we, we moved out of the closet to the bedroom. <laughs> now we're going to an official office. I feel like we're, you know, <laughs> becoming adults. You know how it is? We're big time. I don't know if it's big time. Uh, it's big time either. Because uh, <laughs> I put, we were moving to a real office, kind of. Kind of, yeah, because it's spell house. Yeah. It's, it's still pretty cool, though. Yeah, it's going to be a good office for us. Mm. It's not it a real you. office, but it's it's an older house that we're going to utilize as an office. Yeah, for sure. It's I mean, it's going to be some, you know, taking taking to get used to. But uh, hopefully, I think, I think the room that we've got picked for our podcast set is going to look really cool. Yeah. And I'd like to. Um, get me a little cooking area outside there so that when people come over to do stuff, we can, you know, do some filming over there in the back. It's got a huge backyard and, you know, it's kind of graveled. So there's a place to park and yeah. then it's got a place to where I could put some grills and stuff. So I just need to build like a, a covered area with a, you know, a cooktop or something that I could, yeah. you know, like a, a bar top or something. We needed to get a desk going first, so it yeah. might be a hot minute. Yeah, we got desk coming. Uh, what else we got coming there? That's about it, really. Yeah. We'll have to get some furniture in there. Um. So what are we cooking next week for Easter? Lamb I've chops. already bought 
for the video, I'm probably going to do those lamb chops. I was, I was talking about for video, Easter, Easter lunch. What are you for Easter lunch? Well, I know that I bought a ham, spiral ham. So I'm doing, I always do a ham on Easter. Uh, probably do a turkey breast. Thinking about doing some carrots, uh, like some glazed carrots on the smoker, the whole carrots. Um, I'm going to do, either me or your mom will do some dressing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to have some good dressing. Um, Man, I had a whole thing. Butter beans. I want some butter beans. Uh, Maybe spinach. Oh, spinach grass. Squash. It's not squash season. It'd be hard to get that. Yeah. (laughs) (coughs) So, um. Sounds good. It's going to be good. Family's coming in town. Yeah. And the Saturday, next, this Saturday, we're going to a crawfish bowl. Yes, the Mudbug Bash for the Palmer Home. We'll give them a shout out. Um, that it's Palmer Home is kind of like our local orphanage. And uh, they do this. An orphanage, but yeah. Well, they, t- they help kids that yeah. don't have families or places to go. They take them in, they make sure they have shelter, food, going to school, clothes, the whole nine yards take care of them and they're raising money for it. This is their big uh, spring event. They've been doing this. I mean, I don't know how many years, 19, yeah. 15 years, 19 years, know. long time, but uh, we're going for the first time and it's a uh, all you can eat crawfish, but there's a going to be a bunch of restaurants there doing tastings and stuff like that. Um, you can get tickets on Palmer homes website. I don't think you can just show up and buy with the door. Can you? But, but anyway, it should be a fun event in Hernando. If anybody's local wants to go check out, support the Palmer home, they'll be doing some kind of live auction or yeah. silent auction or something it's like that. Great cause. It's kind yeah. of our favorite. That's our local charity of yeah. choice. We try to help the Palmer home out because it's all we, you know. We we believe in that's an important cause. And um, we also threw around the idea of cooking some crawfish at the house for Easter. Maybe, yeah, maybe the day before. Yeah, so we might have some. It's crawfish time, man. That's why I put that on my thing. I'm actually, uh, somebody's borrowing my pot this weekend. Mark is. He's cooking for the church. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be some good. I've got, uh, I'm not cooking Easter Bunny. I've got three in the freezer, but I'm not cooking him this weekend because I don't want to scar any kids for life. I know there's a lot of kids out there that watch these videos, and I'm all about getting kids cooking. I'm not cooking whole rabbits. I refuse to do that because I don't one. There's no telling one Instagram, or YouTube, YouTube for cooking whole rabbits. They probably listed as graphic content. Yeah. And two, I'm not cooking the Easter Bunny, so I'm about to I wait till after off. Easter to cook the. It's not like it's, it's not, not like it's got the floppy ears and the fuzzy tail <laughs> and the whole nine yards. Well, I'm going to do something with those, but I'm thinking more the line of braised, like smoked and braised rabbit, something where it's cut up and it probably won't be as offensive. You know how people are these days, man. They get offended on everything. Whatever. I go out there chopping heads off rabbits and throwing them on the grill. <laughs> They'll ki- accuse me next cooking Rudolph. I don't want that. What well, do you say? Uh, you know. Don't worry about it, huh? I was raised in a different. Eat uh, your pets. Yeah, I know how you was raised. Y'all eat your pets. That's so wrong. If I had to eat my pets. We man. never ate any pet pets. But you did raise animals. I did that to my dad one time. What was it? I think it was a, he doesn't eat a lot of chicken because he had like a pet rooster or something. (laughs) My granny killed that rooster one day and served it up to him and it broke my dad's heart. Oh, really? Yeah. Now he don't like chicken. (laughs) You don't hardly catch him eating fried chicken. I mean, he will, but he still said he don't want to eat his pet. That was uh, Mr. Clucker. I don't know what his name was. 
<laughs> Fed him his pets. That was just normal every day for Chicken's y'all, huh? Delicious. Oh, Charlie the goat out there looks good. Having a good day. Next thing you know, y'all eat him on the barbecue, right? But we didn't think anything wrong about it. I guess it ain't. I mean, we watched them kill him. <laughs> process them. Cold blooded. <laughs> Those kids, kids that live by, I remember telling us, like, that scarred me. Watch, going over there and watching, you know, that, that goat get processed and killed. Circle of life. Y'all were huh? just standing around, like. Cheering for you. You knew it was going to taste good, huh? You couldn't wait. Man, that that's a chainsaw time. massacre stuff. Well, Michael needs a little of that. Man, he wouldn't. He turned vegetarian on him. You would have killed Well, let's. Oh, deviled eggs. I got that on my thing. I don't even know yeah, why. Yeah, yeah. You want to make some of those uh, deviled eggs with the bacon in them and the sweet fire pickles? And, sure, yeah. Man, those are so good. They're a little spicy. Yeah. Mm, that's what we're doing for Easter, mm-hmm. deviled eggs. That's all I got. That's all I got, too. Well, hey. Uh, it's time to wrap this up. Yeah. You want to tell them about all the places that they can find us if they don't know? Sure. If you would like to connect with Malcolm, it's How to Barbecue Right, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and, of course, YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell. At Instagram and Twitter. You know we didn't answer any questions this time. I, that's why I said shoot. We'll do that next time. I pulled up the wrong ones. Okay. Well, hey, we'll go over. We'll go over. We'll, go over we'll have plenty of questions from Tri Tip and Hot Wings and all that. If any of you have some questions, go ahead and send them to uh, Miss Southern Shell. However, she said get in touch with her. I, <laughs> <laughs> send them to me. I may or may not see them because I get thousands, but I try to go through them as best I can. But we appreciate y'all. Checking us out today on the How to Barbecue Right podcast, and we'll see y'all next time. Oh, I'm going to get rid of this damn cold. <laughs>